The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get to it here. So, this is becoming an annual tradition on the Hollinger and Duncan podcast. We are going to get some mulligans on our season predictions, and that includes team wins, maybe some player award picks, maybe even some thoughts on rookies, for example. So let's get right to it here, John. And I'm going to throw some teams out. You could throw some teams out as well. Sure. Teams that we might potentially want to mulligan for. I've got my season predictions in front of me. I'm going to start with this one. I hope this one isn't too painful for you. But the Golden State Warriors are already basically a quarter of the way to the number of wins that you predicted for them this season. Would you like a mulligan on your prediction of I believe it was 39 wins for the Golden State Warriors? It appears I will be eating it on that one. Um, And yeah, I would like a mulligan on that one. Uh, You could throw in some caveats about Golden State's start because of the schedule so far. It's been basically all home games, right? They did one trip to LA, one trip to Sacramento, one exhibition game against the Thunder, basically. But at the same time, they're taking care of business against these bad teams pretty emphatically and made a couple of good teams look bad along the way. Um, I mean, them be, like Atlanta, I know Atlanta's four and eight right now, but like that's a good team and they beat the tar out of them, right? Um, beating anybody by 40 is an accomplishment, uh, which they did to uh, the Pelicans. Uh, they beat both LA teams already. Um, and their only loss was again, I mean, they could just as easily be undefeated right now, right? The only loss was in overtime to Memphis. So they, they look really good offensively. They just look way better than last year when it was just Steph, 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 Steph. And then if Steph gives up the ball, oh my God, what do we do? Um, and just uh, so the much answer, more. The answer being Steph. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or or throw the ball into the seats trying to get it to Steph. Uh, just a lot more offensive variability this year. Jordan Poole continues to emerge. Uh, you know, having a having a secondary on ball threat uh, who is not Andrew Wiggins is is just such a big deal for them. Uh, Damian Lee, good at basketball um, and like averaging double figures, playing 24 minutes a game, like pretty prominent role. And then I, I just think the the bench quality, you know, getting guys like Otto Porter and Belitza, um Igadala too. Like it's just, it's the situation when they go to their second unit is just so much better than a year ago. And they have two lottery picks that haven't played basically. Uh, and they've been able to do this. Um, in fact, you could argue the lottery pick from last year, not playing has also been helpful. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. Uh, 
yeah, they, they've been really good. The center position has not hurt them the way I thought they would. They're kind of using Kevon Looney as a fake starter, and then they play most of the game with Draymond in the middle, right? Yeah, well, you, you got to call it the Keith Bogans, by the way, uh, on, on this podcast. I, I am very upset that you would dishonor Keith Bogans and his role with Tom Thibodeau uh, of starting the game and then never coming back in uh, in that manner. But yeah, I mean, even if Golden State were to continue to play this home-heavy, shitty schedule, there are indicators that are unsustainable. You mentioned this in your preview of, hey, why is it that these guys are so bad offensively? And you mentioned the Steph thing, but also they were just bad in all of the four factors except for making shots. And right now they're number one in the NBA in terms of making shots at uh, 56.3% e-field goal percentage and fourth on offense. Now you got Steph Curry, Jordan Poole is making shots. You got a lot of guys who can make threes on this team. They also, because of Steph and the gravity, they get a lot of stuff going to the rim. They're actually one of the number one teams in terms of shooting at the rim right now as well, which for a small team that's not that athletic, you wouldn't necessarily think of. But, you know, Gary Payton the second and Andrew Wiggins and Iguodala get, get a bunch of dunks at the basket uh, because of the Steph gravity and the movement and transition. Uh, you know, I would say if they're they're probably going to drop for the number four offense um you know maybe that'll and we'll see what happens when they reintegrate clay their defense is number one right now uh who had the Golden State Warriors as the number two defensive rebounding team in the NBA through 10 games. That's, yeah. That is absolutely crazy. And and that's, you know, defensive rebounding is something that's not that noisy of a set, you know, through 10 games, you can actually yeah. draw a, a fair amount from that. So, you know, and they're, they're top 10 in e-field goal percentage, top 10 in turnover, forcing turnovers, and 13th in free throw rate, second in defensive rebounding to get to that number one defense, which is a couple of points per possession above uh number two denver but also you know yeah. denver is number two uh chicago is number four washington number five the clippers are number three so you know i, I think that we're going to see some changes there but this to me is looking pretty obviously like a top 10 offense and defense and you know when healthy a 55 win type of team i would say i think i had them for 47 wins initially then i saw them in preseason it bumped it to 49 and you know we'll see where where the health goes they've had perfect health so far uh other than and clay and wiseman being out so uh but no i mean i if i had to bump up where i think they're going to end the season you know i'd probably say now 53 wins 54 wins would be my guess even with given how easy this 9-1 start has been from a schedule standpoint um what what is your mulligan for number of wins for the warriors uh i i'd probably be more comfortable going about 47 on them uh i you know i still have some questions about the schedule they've played they have some some injury guys who have not been injured as of yet um and the other thing you have to keep in mind with golden state if anything happens to curry obviously the the ex the win expectation goes down dramatically there um gonna be interesting to see though what clay is when he comes back and where he fits into all this that is gonna be really interesting they they ha will have a lot of guys you know gary payton who is supposed to be their 15th man is now you know getting 15 minutes a game 20 minutes a game that he absolutely deserves he's been really good you know we'll see if if that continues or not but he gives them a defensive element on the ball that they didn't have you know, he's basically playing as a five almost on offense but he's such a fast cutter and transition
Asian guy that he's, that's he's working Bru- out for them. He's Bruce Brown, right? Uh, yeah, except a better finisher, I would say than than Bruce Brown. Like he can actually go up and get an alley oop, which Bruce Brown, you know, doesn't necessarily do. Um, probably, probably, I, I wouldn't say he's quite as good at defending bigger players. You know, we'll see that aspect, mm-hmm. but he's maybe he's better as kind of like a ball pressure guy and a, and a disruptor. Uh, because uh, you know, we, we'll get to another one here who uh. They they uh, never ever force a turnover. Uh, Bruce Brown's team, which which might be a concern. Um, yeah. Well, so now let me let, let me ask you this though: Are these guys the favorites in the Western Conference right now to get uh, out of the West? You see, I still think it's Utah. I had Utah from the word go. I, I still think they're the best team in the West. Um, and you know what what happened to them last year and the year before certainly can raise some questions. But I also think people tend to overreact sometimes to playoff failure and think of it as a permanent state of affairs for a team. And I think there are some very obvious reasons that Utah did not win last year that won't necessarily carry over to this year, um, like the fact that neither of their starting guards could move. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I still think that's a really dangerous team in Utah. And that, I mean, they've even got Hassan Whiteside looking good over there. Um, also interested to see in Utah what happens when Rudy Gay comes back. He's getting pretty close now because he, to me, is a guy that they could maybe play some different lineups with that they than they have in the past and gives them a little more versatility in terms of how they can match up against people. Yeah, you know, I I, I mean, I think Utah has has a lot of talent. Um, you know, they're eight and three plus eleven differential for cleaning the glass. Golden State's nine and one with plus thirteen. Utah has certainly played the harder schedule so far. Uh, Utah has the number one offense despite shooting really poorly from three at the moment they're number two in offensive rebounds they're number three in getting to the foul line I and mean, this is a really good offense and you know on defense they're always going to be in the top 10 with gobert um yeah i just i i think steph is the best player in that series easily to me uh mm-hmm. utah against golden state i think golden state just has the matchup advantage uh, now, at least the one thing is that they don't totally bother Utah in terms of just like on-ball guys who are going to blow by you. You know, they don't necessarily have that, but they do have the fact that Utah is just not a team that's going to do a lot of switching uh, with Gobert at center. I mean, you know, he'll try and get out on the floor against Steph, but it's just, it's so hard to deal with all the off-ball stuff unless you're going to be switching as well. Like, So I think Golden State could really score against Utah. And just, I think that'll be just a, a offensive series, but Golden State can do some switching and has some defensive versatility which utah can't so you know and both of them i think have kind of equal depth so i I could see that coming down to injuries and who has home court as of right now and you know we got to see what clay thompson looks like coming back as well anyone who's seen our youtube videos knows that i don't wear formal stuff all the time so when it's time to dress up rather than dress down i highly recommend inochino they were the official outfitter of my wedding i got my tux from there all my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well i felt really good about having them be the outfit of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly because when you go somewhere else you're not going to get something that's made for you so why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you and not only does indochino have the suits that made them famous but now they've got everything blazers pants women's wear outerwear designed and made for you hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from european wools linen cottons tons of colors tons of patterns you can customize things like the lapel the vents the pockets 
and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John invented it. Use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. Um, sure absolutely but then you also throw in the clippers and you know they are sixth in the nba in point differential they've won five straight after a one and four start they also have a way of playing as we saw in the playoffs last year that gives utah a ton of trouble and you know they've done it obviously without Kawhi. marcus morris hasn't played at all this year either they're they're playing great defense so far and you know if Kawhi comes back and even gives them anything you know i think and i think that their physicality and athleticism on the wing gives golden state problems there's so much of a of a variable here but i think the clippers you know look like they're going to be a solid team this year that they i think the way things are going so far i would pick them to at least make the top six and i think they're going to be a problem for whoever they play in the playoffs maybe even without Kawhi, but definitely with him even if it Kawhi is not capital k Kawhi. Yeah, this is an interesting segue because um, so uh, momentous occasion for the pod this week. Nate and I have traded coasts this week. Uh, I'm in (laughs) in Los Angeles across the street from Staples Center. And uh, I actually uh, saw the Clippers play here last night against Portland. Um, It's it's really interesting because the Clippers, I think, have been better than I expected so far, too. and Paul George has been f- fantastic. This is like his, um, you know, he had two, probably two different years where he kind of put a team on his back, one in Indy and one in uh, Oklahoma City. And I think he's kind of doing that again for the Clippers this year. And then yeah. defensively, for them to be as good as they've been, like almost doesn't make sense. Like it's um, it's it's really been interesting because there's there's not a lot of size here and there's not really even a lot of depth. Um, but they've managed to keep their core guys healthy. You mentioned Marcus Morris hasn't played. Serge Ibaka, um, he he played a couple minutes last night and looked terrible. Um, so we'll see what they get from him. But like Hartenstein's been really good. Like I thought Hartenstein basically won the game for him last night. Like he w- he was more effective than Zubats. Um, it's been amazing what they've gotten out of him. Uh, you know, Terrence Mann keeps coming along. Batum has been really good. Reggie Jackson, who was, I mean, a scrap heap guy when he left Detroit and is now like their second best player. Um, it's it's uh, like, to, so Ty Lue's, is Ty Lue coach of the year right now? Uh, I would probably go with Kerr with the with the Warriors at nine. And he, one. Cert- he certainly has a case. There's some other ones who we'll probably mention as well. Um, I think Billy Don. Donovan's going to get a lot of love, for instance. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, as long as he doesn't have to coach a playoff series during the regular season. Um, <laughs> so uh, th- this Clipper team is really interesting because I I didn't think they'd be that good. I talked to a lot of other people, um, you know, who kind of looked at the analytics on this team and thought the same thing. I, 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 I was more of an outlier on my Golden State pick, I think, than I was on the Clippers. And then obviously, as you point out, if they get Kawhi back and he's anything near peak Kawhi, then I think they do move to the front of the line in the West, especially with the other thing we need to talk about is like the rest of this conference has just been a pile of ass so far, like other than these three teams. 
No, and that's why I I broached that idea that Golden State could actually come out of this conference right now. Um, you know, th- there is an, another large elephant uh, in the room uh, uh, sitting at, at Staples Center, and it, t- it takes a big elephant to fill up the Staples Center too. By the way, in case you're wondering <laughs> if you if you ever been been in that building, but yeah, I think uh, the Clippers. To me, the question was how much were they going to go with their small group <laughs> that killed everyone in the playoffs. Mm-hmm and basically they haven't been able to do that at all because Morris uh, has been out and uh, so but no they've been doing it with the the big centers uh, and defense and and George having one of the best seasons of his career so far uh they're forcing a ton of turnovers uh, as well which I I think is big you know with uh, they've just got physicality and defense at the guard position with man and Bledsoe that messes some teams up now if Bledsoe is going to be playing some big role for these guys you know that's maybe a problem in the playoffs uh Eric Bledsoe, the guy shooting 17% from three. Mm. Uh, and the Justice Winslow acquisition hasn't really worked out so far either. So, uh, which was kind of one of the weirder contracts uh, of the offseason to me. But I still think that these guys have a lot of talent and they have a way of playing and they have a good playoff coach that's going to give people problems. But um might be time for me to take a mulligan here because I was way over okay. on the LA Lakers at the start of the season. I predicted them for 54 wins. I had them coming out of the Western Conference and the beginning of this season, it has changed my outlook on the Lakers in terms of coming out of the West from a probability to a possibility, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, I think as long as they don't have to match up against Oklahoma City in the playoffs, they should be okay. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, I, I mean, have they, they haven't, have they had a comfortable win yet? I don't think they have. And they've had a shit schedule, too. Another super home heavy schedule. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, yeah. A lot of these teams in the West have like cosmetically okay looking records bolstered mm-hmm. by a ton of home games. Um, yeah. They, I mean, the, their best win, their best win is Cleveland by 12. They beat Cleveland by 12. Yeah. Which that and, actually and that counts was, as a good win right now. Yeah. But that game was relatively close throughout. They beat Houston by 10 but Jalen Green had a, a three that could have tied it late in that game um but I, you know as much as you want to focus on Russell Westbrook and my operating assumption is that Russell Westbrook is not going to be very good for them that's been the case so far I mean some of these games that he has are just he was one of 13 with six turnovers yeah <laughs> it's just although against Portland the other night I will point out I mean his track record the last two seasons has been that he sucks the first month and he kind of builds up to being something better than much better after the all-star break right um so you got at least hope that's what you're going to get in la this year yeah i mean he can't hit a free throw he's just never going to be able to hit any kind of a jump shot again i think that's that's my operating assumption so far and just the the turnovers are are ridiculous as well and the whole idea of getting him was all right well if lebron's out or lebron's out of the game Hey, we'll we'll have somewhere to go to, and uh, yeah. this is the now, stretch they got him for with LeBron being out. This is exactly why they got him, and he hasn't been able to do it. Well, and consider this too: that this is now the second year in a row that the Lakers have gotten a former Oklahoma City Thunder point guard with the express purpose of propping them up when LeBron isn't available. Huh. But they didn't look at the numbers when that guy was the only creator. Like Dennis Schroeder has always failed in that role. If you mm-hmm. look at what Washington was when it was 
was Westbrook with no Beal last year, they were atrocious. And so it shouldn't be a surprise to you that, oh yeah, these Schroeder last year and Russell Westbrook this year, like they're not capable of driving good offense as the only perimeter threat anymore. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, you wonder what'll happen when Carmelo Anthony misses a jump shot, uh, right? Or like that, or goes on the road. Have you seen his? I mean, I, I, I've never been one to focus on the home road splits, but he's shooting like over fifty percent from three at home and six percent from three on the road. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but but all of that said is just the preamble to the fact that this might be this might be it now for LeBron James as far as being that guy on a championship team. I think that the injuries now are piling up to the point and the uh, reduction in his attempts getting to the rim are yep. piling up again to where the point where I'm like, OK, is it a possibility that LeBron James could come back in the playoffs and be well rested and assert himself as a, a, a guy who's one of the best players in the nba the guy they need him to be to win a championship yes that's possible i'm not going to write that off is it probable i i can't get there anymore yeah yeah i i think that uh that that is probably a safe safe assumption or you know that that is you kind of move off your prior expectation as the season goes along right so i think we had we came in with one set of priors and we're we're adjusting them as the games get played and you know i think you have to revise the forecast on lebron downward based on on what we've seen so far how yeah, shitty it, is this supporting cast by the way good uh, god yeah like it, it's it, i mean you know last year they even with ad and lebron out they managed to at least be you know 500 ish and maintain their defense uh, enough that they were able to at least be in the mix to get out of the play in and uh, you know they, they were at least the seven seed and they were able to win that game yeah i mean without LeBron this year, you know, and AD has been healthy all year too. I think you know he looks solid. You know, he hasn't been yeah. dominant, but you know, but he but he's been solid. Um, you know, but I think the idea that like he was going to be able to prop up their defense on his own, you know, that hasn't proved to be the case. Uh, so you know, we'll see. Uh, the Horton Tucker and Ariza and Kendrick Nunn. That those the, injuries those guys, have definitely. Those injuries have definitely hurt because they've been replaced with Austin Reeves, Avery Bradley, and Rajon Rondo, right? And and and, and DeAndre been, Jordan too. I think like that's yeah. one of the biggest things as well is that not having any forwards has meant that DeAndre Jordan is playing, which he shouldn't. And then also Carmelo is basically closing every game. And and while you know the coaching staff is pleased that he's like doing a little better in terms of rotations and stuff, you know he's still going to get targeted on every pick and roll at the end of the game. And you know they've got it making the first rotation now, but uh you know and that's an accomplishment. But he's not uh, going to ever make a second or third rotation and. And fly around the way that the Lakers was would do with some of the guys they had like Caldwell Pope and Caruso. Uh, you know, even even Kuzma who got a lot better yeah. defensively. Yeah. Um, how, how about this stat for the Lakers? Twenty seventh in defensive rebounding. Yeah, that's that's pathetic. With you know, with playing big lineups, having you know, Mister Triple Double at the point guard, six games of LeBron. Like that's a shocking stat to me. Yeah. Um. That that is really shocking, it, it, particularly. I mean, Westbrook, as you mentioned, is supposed to be this great defensive rebounding point guard. Like, yeah, I, I really, I, I really don't understand that at all. You know, Carmelo, uh, they, they have between Carmelo and Russ, who uh, hilariously played together before. Uh, they've definitely have like the two best uncontested defensive rebounders in NBA history. <laughs> 
<laughs> Those missed free throws are a war now. <laughs> yeah, but, but between Russ calling himself the best rebounder in his position and uh, Melo yelling, get the fuck out of here when, uh, no, actually, there's nobody around you, so you don't have to yell that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe getting a contested defense rebound might help these guys. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. But yeah, so, so I mean, to me, they the Lakers and Nets are probably the two hardest teams to predict right now in a sea of impossible to predict teams. I mean, I guess you could throw the Clippers in there too because of the Kawhi health situation. But yeah, I just, I I mean, these guys, I guess the question is, let, let's just try to do a re-prediction for them on the regular season. Are, are these guys going to make it out of the play-in? Uh, are we talking about the Lakers still? <laughs> yes, we are talking about the Lakers still. Okay, okay. Um, huh. I still think think there's a pretty good chance they end up in the top six in the west um like who's who is who is established that they're clearly ahead of them right now um so yeah i mean golden state utah golden state utah and the clippers have played better than the lakers so far right and then you would say you would expect phoenix to right and then after that you're kind of like you know like i mean dallas is like the shittiest seven and three team in nba history um you know portland scuffling along memphis is fine but i don't think they're a huge threat denver is uh you know with michael porter's situation i think they're they're in some in some peril so there's you know if the lakers just get to a halfway decent number which it still seems i mean they have the talent to get you know what they can't win like 46 games or whatever like that you know that's going to probably get you in the top six in the west this year yeah i think it's going to be right on the borderline and much depends on when lebron comes back this abdominal injury is worrisome yes you know bill yeah you know is that is that going to really be like a six week injury and ad is not he's going to miss some time right he's been on the injury report it seems like basically every game with something or another and that's been his history that he'll play in those circumstances but still i you know and yeah to be six and five with the home heavy easy schedule that they've had um you know negative point differential with the easy schedule that they've had Yeah, I, I don't know. I like are they you know, th- is this like a 35 win team right now without LeBron? Like that's kind of seems like what they are. And with Westbrook playing like this as well, obviously. Are you, are you saying they're the uh they're the uh AD Pelicans? Uh no, I think the AD Pelicans ha- had a much better second best player than than Russell Westbrook <laughs> and, and Drew Holiday. <laughs> um and that and I mean when they were healthy the one year the 2018 they fit together pretty well that with uh with Mir Titch and, and but but they're um so I, I mean it it kind of depends on LeBron and is he going to come back and like with the high ankle sprain and the groin is he going to have to push it to uh you know to where he's not you know I mean he can always help the team when he's out there but they need the LeBron who can overwhelm guys physically and get to the basket at the end of games and and in the playoffs yeah. and so 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. That abdominal injury like that, there's a real re-injury threat there too. Yeah. Yeah. The Lakers have to be careful with. Yeah. And it's not like you can go out there and just be like, oh, I'm not going to stress my core this game by running hard, right? Like you just, there's no way to kind of manage that injury once you're actually out there on the floor. So. Yeah. Um, who else do we need to talk about here as potential? So, so well, what, what given, is our, hold on, given, before we given, get, sorry. Okay. Given that I picked yeah. the New Orleans Pelicans to make the playoffs, <laughs> I think, I think we can go ahead and, uh, take the mulligan on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now you did that before you knew the Zion situation, I would assume, right? Uh, correct. Yes. Um, and we, we don't know when he's coming back at this point, or we talked about this last show actually. Uh, but I mean, even, even with that, I mean, they've just looked really bad. The, I mean, the defense hasn't gotten better at all and you can't be like, oh, well we didn't have Zion. Like, like what? He was the linchpin of your defense. Um, and they're 29th in that end. Uh, they, I mean, they're they're just a bad team right now. No, it, it's pretty pathetic. It, I mean, I I just and remember the other year they didn't have Zion. They started six and twenty-two. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, and they're yeah. and they're on pace to be worse than that this time. And now they were able to kind of right the ship even before Zion came back that year. But it doesn't. You know, Nikhil Alexander Walker has got to be up there among the most disappointing players in the NBA. Ingram looks yes. like he may finally be coming back soon. But you know, it's not like it's been that much better with him out there. They've been they've had a couple of more respectable losses when he's played. But they are. Uh, 29th in the NBA with a negative uh, 13 net rating and are 1 in 10. Um, they might feature a, a little bit later on in a segment, actually. But yeah, I mean, I think you know the Pelicans to me are below 30 <laughs> wins now for for sure. I mean, just to just to get to 30 wins at this point, they would have to go what uh, 30 and 40 the rest of the way, essentially. Uh, yeah, they'd have to go 30 and 41 the rest of the way, and we're not seeing Zion for a while. It looks like so. Yeah, that's uh, this this is a this is a bad situation. On a on a positive note, uh, college hoops started last night. Start start looking at those draft guys, New Orleans. Yeah, and I mean, pretty crazy to think that Dell Dumps, who is so maligned there, and then the David Griffin era started off pretty well with those two trades with with Drew and uh, with uh, yeah with the AD. Drew and Davis trades, and they're still sitting on assets from those deals. Um, and they made what seemed like at the time was a pretty good trade, you know, with the the Hunter deal to move back and the assets they got from Atlanta. Um, and yeah, it just they haven't been able to leverage that into into anything, you know, with real sustenance. I mean, they didn't they didn't bring back Lonzo, who they got in the Davis deal. Ingram's been good for him. Josh Hart's a nice role player. Um, and they still have um, they they still have, uh, you know, that Laker pick in 24. They still have the Milwaukee picks coming. Uh, so they still have some some stuff headed their way, but just seems like they've, you know, squandered some of the benefit of those deals already. How upset is David Griffin going to be that he doesn't get to make the decision of whether to defer that Lakers pick from 24 <laughs> to 25 or not? <laughs> 
just i mean that's that's probably the the ultimate fomo that he's going to be experiencing sitting at home and and uh crushing, getting the news crushing. uh well how about uh the brooklyn nets are you my preseason prediction on them even knowing that Kyrie was out i had him at 55 wins i still had him as the favorite in the east is this team still the favorite in the east even with all their struggles so far so I had them second in the East. I had Milwaukee uh, far and away first. Who I mean, the Bucks have not. Yeah, been I, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm not. I don't need to revise my prediction on the Bucks, other than just that they've already banked some losses. But I, as long as they get healthy, they're going to be good. So I think the biggest thing you look at with Brooklyn is James Harden's loss of effectiveness and how does that affect because Durant's been Durant like he's been awesome right he's exactly yeah. what we what we thought he would be um secondary guys haven't been great uh Joe Harris has been uh uh basically continuing the Milwaukee series for 11 games of this season too um haven't gotten a lot there uh the bigs have been mostly bad LaMarcus has given him some offense especially when he's had the mid-range game going but Blake Griffin had that burst when Brooklyn first got him and hasn't been that guy this year Claxton's been out of the lineup which I think has hurt them Millsap shockingly to me has because I thought even last year in Denver even though he'd lost some athleticism I thought he was still a valuable player just they just haven't gotten anything from him so far I'd like them to try him at the five and see how that works yeah I, we I, seen I, he's gotten like some very brief cups of coffee there um yeah. but yeah that i, I don't be... think that will work but i think it's with claxton out i think it's maybe their best shot but yeah yeah um and then you know you wonder about trading shamit for javon carter i mean i yeah, get i get i, guess I get so, the yeah. long range view on that um and they probably did want another guard who could play defense so i get like i kind of got the reasoning at the time but yeah. and they got the 29 pick as well but that's uh sharp's not going to help them at all this year yeah exactly uh you know and yeah and then patty mills started the year scorching hot and he's kind of leveled off too so i i think it's i think it's a lot of different things um but the, the biggest thing to me is just you came into the year thinking you had three stars and instead you have like one and a half. And so what what is what does that do? I mean, they still have that upside that if Kyrie comes back, which I still think one way or another, he's probably back. Um, then the peak version of this team is still really good. And some of the weaknesses are relatively easy to navigate around uh, in terms of, you know, buyout guys or trades or whatever. So... But they look like a clear favorite coming into the season, and they have not played like one. Yeah, I would have to say that I might put Milwaukee and possibly even Miami ahead of them. You know, certainly if you're if you said healthy Bucks right now, healthy Heat, healthy Nets, all playing playing right now at this very moment, uh, I would clearly put the Nets behind both of, of those teams, even given that KD is playing at MVP level. This offense, I mean, yeah, a lot of it's been hardened, but they just haven't looked right. They were first in offense last year. They're 18th this year. They actually are making yeah. shots. They're third in field goal percentage but they never get to the rim anymore which they did a reasonable amount last year uh their offensive rebounding which was 25th last year is now down five percent which <laughs> so they're, they're getting 19 percent offensive rebounds which again this is we're a get, team, like they're we're getting into the realm of like mathematical impossibility 
right? Yeah. When you're when you're that bad and still decline that much. Yeah, like you know, eight, don't, don't that many offensive rebounds just like bounce back out to the shooter at the three point line at this point? Like they're but yeah. and they're playing a big pretty much all the time. Uh, you know, they're they they what there was so devastating for them last year was these uh these lineups where they could go with Jeff Green at center and play five out. They haven't done that yet. They're still getting up threes, but a lot more of those seem to be difficult threes. They just they haven't had a single stretch in any of the games I've watched them where they just looked dominant on offense. And they would even have times when it was only Harden last year where they looked dominant on offense. So you yeah. know, I do think I think Harden is going to come around. Like he's finding ways to become less of a caricature of himself. He's taking spot up threes. He's even like posting up. He's taking a few mid rangers. I do think the fouling is going to regress a little bit where the refs have kind of made their point and you know some of the things that he's not getting foul calls on are not supposed to be new interpretations this year they're just not giving yeah. him any calls so i you know, i think that'll come around like they'll the videos will be sent to the league he'll he'll get the calls a little bit he's looking a little better getting to the basket you know he couldn't play ball in the offseason all all that stuff so i think he's going to come around to some degree but uh you know they, they got to find a way to get to that devastating offense and then you know now they're going to a drop coverage defensively instead of switching which uh you know Blake Griffin can't really play that way he couldn't really switch either and they got LaMarcus who's incredibly important to their shooting uh, on the bench unit but he can't stop anybody either so they're just the theory of what they are schematically offensively and defensively seems kind of broken right now yeah I you know how much can Claxton change that I think is a is an interesting question because I I think he's like he's their one big who's a real threat at the rim and then you know does that open more things up for them offensively and does his switchability make more things possible for them defensively he has some weaknesses too as a as a player but I think schematically he fits what they're trying to do a lot better than these other old guys they have yeah but I also he's pretty thin he didn't play well in the Buck series last year he really it always seems to be something with him as far as his health unfortunately so i i don't necessarily trust him so yeah we'll see what happens on the buyout market with them but uh they are definitely not my championship favorite anymore i mean god who, who I, I guess that's got to just be milwaukee i guess at, at this point um you know like and that's one i i probably will would take a mulligan on at this point because you had them in the same group with brooklyn i said no i still had them uh, ahead of milwaukee and you know i, I think milwaukee is just the only kind of team of any of these teams that we've seen this group play at a high level together in the playoffs. So I think, you know, as long as they get healthy, I think you you have to make them the favorite just because you haven't seen it from anybody else at this point. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, Phoenix would be the only other team you could say that about, right? And yeah, and, and even is, Phoenix, you know, they I I didn't I still think that they, you know, Milwaukee didn't necessarily beat anybody in the playoffs last year either. Although maybe maybe there is just nobody in the league now. <laughs> yeah, regardless. No, I mean, um, Milwaukee though, like emphatically kicked the crap out of Boston, um, and you know, we're 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 able to beat. I mean, that Brooklyn series was weird, but they were able to beat that. I mean, Phoenix was just like a perfect storm for them last year. It felt like. I yeah. mean, they're fine, you know. Oh uh, well, Milwaukee. Milwaukee good, killed in Miami. But, Miami, you meant right last year. You're, you're not talking about the. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, no, no. I, I know what you mean. I mean, and it does seem like you know Giannis is playing better. His free throw shooting is good again this year, around 75. percent Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling, the collide of football pads, the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run. 
the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Um, so we got maybe like 15 minutes left here before we get into questions. Yeah, Are I got to any... yeah. yeah. take a mulligan on the uh, bulls here. The bulls. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's all working better than expected, even with like, I questioned their shooting and their last and three point attempts. And it hasn't really mattered. Yeah, there. I was saying this the other day, but I think it bears repeating that. Uh, and Casey Johnson has made the, this point, so credit to him that the Bulls had some very specific weaknesses last year, particularly on offense, and they have fixed those. They were they turned the ball over a ton. They're now number one in not turning the ball over. That that is one of the most underrated aspects of Demar Derozan throughout his career is that he never turns it over. They were yeah. one of the worst teams getting to the foul line. Well, now they're number one in the NBA in free throw attempt rate as well. So despite the fact that they're below average in field goal shooting and offensive rebounding, they still. Have have a top 10 offense as of right now just because the they're so good at those the free throw and the turnover game on offense and then defensively they were really reliant on forcing turnovers that's down to sixth now uh but they're still fourth uh, on defense i'll you know we'll see how much that holds we'll see how much they can continue to get it done uh, on offense with some of these you know Desunmu and uh, yeah. Alex Caruso, Derek Jones Jr. units Javante on the Green. The, yeah. 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 The, the um, depth situation there is a little worrisome if they hit injuries. I mean, they've they've they lost Patrick Williams for the year already, uh, but they're kind of they're the who you would probably call their five best players have, have played every game. DeRozan is having a career year so far, which I, I think is the biggest. I mean, the biggest thing by far is just this like this is the best he's ever played to me. Um, you know, can he keep that up for 70 more games? And then on the other hand, you would say, well, Vooch hasn't done jack yet, though. So if, you know, even if DeRozan tails off, you know, Vooch will probably pick it up a little from, from what he's done so far. Yeah. And I will say it offensively, that's the case. I think Vucevic has been much better than I thought he would be defensively. Yeah. So far, as as has Levine, I would say, uh, too. So, um, you know, they're they're seven and three. What would be your prediction for their new record? You putting them in the top six in the East? Yeah, I think I, you know, I had them sort of a very close 11th coming into the year because I only had a few games separating like seven from 11, I think, in the East. And I think they're probably I think now you would say they're probably going to end up in that top six. Um, Let me let me let me make sure I'm uh, I'm counting correctly. Well, here. All right. All right. So. So I'll go through here. Um, Bucks, would you say Bucks would be ahead of them? Yes. Miami? Yes, probably. I mean, Miami's look great too. So you 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 know, if your default was Miami at the start of the season, you would probably retain that, right? So that's two. Uh, Philadelphia. Ooh. I mean, they they look great even with Simmons hardly playing. You got to think they'd be in it. Got to think. Brooklyn surely makes the top six, right? So that's four of your yeah. top six right there. But I think Chicago probably gets the nod over anyone else, right? Uh, Atlanta at this point is yeah, they're four and eight. Along. Bo- Boston, Boston is four and six. Um, yeah, I, I still think Boston will be heard from. I I might still like Boston better than the Bulls by the end of the year. But I, I yeah, I, I would say you know kind of in this this 
five six seven range for the bulls seems reasonable you know the knicks i, I think are still going to be heard from it as well um what about nate what about howell netto and the washington wizards oh man yeah i you know i they're they're kind of feeling still pretty 500 to me <laughs> i'm i'm with you on that they've but, it's but, been a nice yeah. first 10 games for them though they're defending a lot oh, yeah. better than i expected no and and, the, and their over under was 33 and a half i think i had them for 35 36 at the start of the year so yeah i, mean, I think i would bump that up to be kind of around 500 so yeah i mean it is interesting you know i'm it, you were super low on charlotte and we're like oh you know they started whatever it was four and one or something yeah like these guys look really good um now they're five and seven they have a disastrous west coast swing really getting blown out their defense looks so bad pj washington's out for a little bit with this hyperextended elbow and it's kind of funny to say with uh you know i think lamello has looked offensively as good as you could have hoped miles bridges still looks really good so the future still seems good but you're kind of left wondering like man what if these guys had just signed rashawn holmes if they just ponied up for him i was talking about that because i was in sacramento uh this weekend and talking about that with a bunch of people i I mean the kings dodged a bullet there because they gave holmes every dollar they could couldn't go any higher and charlotte could have gone way higher and blown them out of the water and just didn't and decided for the plumly ubre poo poo platter and just not working yeah no they might look better when they get back at home like they're always going to be dangerous but it's just there it's always going to be smoke and mirrors with them defensively it, it seems like it as well yeah um yeah so speaking of which uh let's let's quickly do the draft it's not necessarily a preseason prediction but just loosely off the top of your head in the the top five range how would you change things around as far as what your draft board was coming in let's see so i I had Evan Mobley two and Scotty Barnes three and didn't have the stones to move them ahead of Cade Cunningham. And now I'm wondering if that was a mistake on my part. Yeah. Cade, it's been, it's tough for him, obviously, because he's coming back, basically having not had a training camp. He's, he's behind these guys. And also you're, you know, after 10 games, because now we're not talking about the rest of the season. We're talking about guys' entire careers, you know, 10 years out. So, you know, 10 games means even less than it does for some of these teams. So I am loath to update too much but i do think uh, of all these guys i mean mobley and barnes clearly i'd move out particularly because i was low on barnes the way he's been more athletic than i expected his mid-range jumper is looking a lot better than i expected um you know do i am i sure he's gonna be like a future all-star like i'm, I'm not willing to go there yet although if he continues this uh, i might have to uh, accept that that's the case but mobley to me just the way that he's looked out there uh and being ahead of schedule on offense and just being uh, already a plus defender a guy who can stay in front of people really well and protect the basket you know yeah. I, I think i i would toy with putting him number one just yeah. based on what he should even if you want to kind of say all right jalen green and kate cunningham that we're not we're not i'm not necessarily reducing my expectations for those guys so much as i'm just increasing it for mobley yeah i i had the two jalen's fifth and sixth on my board and i f- feel pretty good about that like you know i still think they're going to end up probably being significant players uh but i think jalen green's just going to take a while uh it's going to be like the zach levine trajectory almost 
Um, yeah. Where right now he's kind of like a good athlete slash bad player. And it's just going to take him a while to get to that point with his offensive game. Uh, I wrote about him a little bit this week with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, so you were, you were concerned about his jumper. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, his, his, I, I feel like his career shooting splits aren't that great. I feel like he brings it over to the left side of his body. Um, and like some of the misses don't look great. Uh, so I, you know, I, I think he had that game against Boston. His third, I think it was his third career game where he went eight for yeah. ten from three, and everyone's like, "Oh, okay, this guy's going to be you know knockdown perimeter guy." And he d- it just doesn't have quite that in his track record, and hasn't played like that in Houston's other games. Uh, so interesting to me to see if he's still shooting that way three, four years down the road, or if there are some tweaks that happen to straighten him out a little bit. Um, you know, I it's to me even more so than the jumper, which I, I saw him in person. Uh, against the Warriors and w- watch his pregame shooting routine and the way he brings the ball not only on the left side of, of his body but he also like basically puts his left hand flat under the ball and then as he brings it up he twists it to put his left hand on the left side of the ball and then he has a lot of like left thumb involvement as well so yeah that was one of those things that you it's really hard to see on film but if you know I was standing eight feet away from him just sitting next to the court watching him warm up and and saw that I was like oh that's that's not as smooth as it looked at at times and yeah you know I mean the you know, and let, yeah. let's not forget, he didn't play a, even a full college season. It was 15 games or whatever it was in yeah. the G League bubble where he shot 36%. Now, you know, he shoots it on some pretty difficult attempts. He's taken over 50% of his shots from out there. I would like to see him be more dynamic getting to the basket. But yeah, I think you make a good point about him kind of being on the Levine trajectory. And unfortunately, defensively, he's also on the Levine trajectory. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, you, you know, it's... It's, it's tough when you watch a team like Houston because there's multiple people running around not having a great idea of what they're doing. So, like, sometimes you're, you're like, well, was it his fault or was it the other guy? But he's... He's he's clearly not a plus on that end at this point. No, I mean, guys are just going right through him. He, I mean, against the Warriors, tough matchup, obviously, for any young guard, but he was getting back cut repeatedly, not getting back on defense. Uh, another guy to be concerned about, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. was supposed to be this awesome uh, prospect for them as well. He had a 50-point game last year, you know, yeah. uh, 7.8 and 7.3 PER from your starting backcourt as the yeah. Houston Rockets. Yeah. Not so I mean, good. I might... Might help them with some long-term objectives related to this season, but yeah, not, not not a great outcome for that. I don't know. I've always been a little more suspicious of of Porter, um, so we'll we'll see how that one turns out. I mean, it didn't really cost them anything to to take that dice roll, uh, but I you know there are other situations in Houston that are maybe a little more optimistic about kj martin has looked really good like defensively he, he, like, he does some more. stuff where you're like wow yeah and we'll see if he can develop that three-point shot i thought it looked pretty decent in in summer league but yeah he was out of the rotation to start the year he needs to play um this whole thing playing christian wood at the four is really weird like christian wood basically like didn't touch the ball for the entire first half in that game against the warriors it was very odd uh i didn't yeah. really understand it but to me you had like signing tights and starting him you know you positive that perhaps they were just down the road with him on that deal before they knew they were getting Shingun. But you know, Christian Wood needs to play center. Like he needs to be involved to be a role man, pop, get to the basket for 
for alley-oops you know play out of you know an advantage situation as the pop man instead of trying to isolate against opposing fours that he's not quick enough to get by and then they've kind of stopped even letting him do that i just you know i yeah. I, I wonder this like but you know, he his contract situation he's gonna be eligible for an extension after this does he and i think he wanted to play the four as every big man you know deandre Ayton wants to play the four everyone wants to play the four because like you supposedly get to show more skill but no actually you should want to be in every pick and roll like as a as a young big man like that's how you can really pile up some numbers and get some opportunities and get switches that you can beast against like trying to go up against yeah. a combo forward with another big on the floor like that's not your ticket to success i don't think yeah um and they basically i mean that whole tice contract is so weird because they basically force themselves into that situation even with two young bigs that they want to get on the floor right and like what like what was so important about signing daniel tice that that you needed to do that That that's the part that has me scratching my head um you know maybe they felt like it would be a value contract uh one last thing here before we take some questions on twitter spaces it's time to rule team out of the playoffs Ooh, all right all right um, uh to to recap here uh mm-hmm. i have ruled out the thunder and the rockets and you have ruled out the thunder and the pistons so far where oh where shall we turn next could there be a surprise <laughs> a surprise team ruled out of the playoffs or will we go with the obvious choice well i i know which division my pick will be from uh, <laughs> it will be it will be a team from the southwest division and it will not be dallas or memphis uh, the team that I will rule out of the playoffs, I'm going to go ahead and rule out Houston. They're one and nine. I mean, the Pelicans still have maybe a little bit of back from the dead potential. Uh, you know, if you get Ingram and Zion or whatever, you know, make a couple of please save my job trades. Um, maybe you could talk yourself into some scenario where they like get to 10th. Again, we're dealing with slivers of possibility here. Uh, but yeah, not seeing it with Houston. They're really young. They're not trying to win. The veterans they have, you know, may not still be there at the end of the year. You know, you look like it at an Eric yeah. Gordon or, you know, DJ Augustine. And, guys and, like and their that. guards are just so bad. And they're so bad defensively. They're just, uh, they, they're, I mean, I think you also would have to say they're uh, pretty poorly coached at this point as well. So yeah, it's. Uh, That's going to be an interesting situation to monitor. Yeah. What's weird is like they have a couple guys who are really good on defense, like Tate, Martin, Waba. Like those guys are really good on defense. Yeah. The problem Tice is you can't is play. Fine. You, you can't play more than one of them at the same time, right? Yeah, Tice is you know a solid defender. Um, so and and a lot of these guys are just kind of in the way of the players they want to develop. Like I think they want to get Usman Garuba and Josh Christopher on the court, and they've basically set themselves up to not be able to with the roster they have. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I think these, this team is gonna be one of the most interesting teams in the trade market daniel house if he can ever get healthy is on a, a yeah. low contract should be able to help a yep. team uh and and ha- with anybody who acquires him would have full bird rights on him eric gordon is shooting lights out early on this season and you know i don't think john wall is going to get traded but you know wood is another guy who i think it is an interesting one and he had such a nice year last year he hasn't really established that he's a winning player though and so i'm not sure whether a contender would want to try to trade for yeah. him but uh you know who, who i think christian wood will look pretty good on uh brooklyn nets, brooklyn nets? 
Brooklyn yeah. Nets. Yeah. Unfortunately, given that the Rockets already own all of the Nets draft picks, I'm not sure what the Nets could give them to get Christian Wood. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Can, can the Nets trade another pick now? I don't think they can. Could they go with their 2029 pick? No, it's, that's still too far away. And they traded 27 already, so they can't trade 28. So yeah, I guess they're... Uh, they need they need, they need need Cam Thomas and De'Ron Sharp to turn into players that other teams like. Well, let's uh, hopefully uh, other teams uh, enjoy making a trip out to long island yeah do they play do uh, they play in the nassau coliseum they play in the nassau coliseum yes uh which i mean even for the nets own people is like a total slog from brooklyn i mean it's kind of that i it, they were to me they were much better off just playing noon games in barclay center you know even though the arena was empty it was like just from a convenience standpoint having done this from the team side like i, I, I don't know why they went away from that but um okay Okay, so I'm going to rule out Detroit. We talked about them some some last week. So uh, we're going to end the podcast here because I'm on the road. I don't have the recording equipment to record the Twitter spaces, uh, but we will get to that. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. We'll be back next week at our usual time, 2 Eastern, uh, 11 Pacific uh, on Twitter spaces. But uh, stick around on Twitter spaces. We will get to that. Thanks for listening to the pod. We'll talk to you on that next week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.